When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. back with another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford come right back at you here dean gerald glassford come right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows and if you can please class give us that five star review wherever you get your podcasts Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, also as well, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and we will have a Super Bowl special. Chris and Don Lardieri and I go ahead and talk about the world of football with the Super Bowl coming up. So we'll talk about that on next week's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Plus, also as well, lakersball.com go ahead and check out ox 1947 sharing his thoughts each and every day at lakersball.com plus if you want your lawn transformed into something magical that even disney can't rival go ahead and check out simblades if you're in southern california simblades with a y.com plus our good friends at lakerholics.com laker tom and also Jamie Sweet are right there for you. Anytime you want to go ahead and share your thoughts in the world of the Lakers at Lakerholics.com. Plus our good friends to the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. And if you could do all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, I was going to go ahead and do a NBA observations today on the MVP race, what's going on with the Western Conference, potential trade partners for the Lakers and all that. But I received a memo from the faculty here at Lakers Fast Break University stating, Gerald, Dean Gerald, there's a momentous anniversary coming up on the 1st of February. And I looked back into the halls, the records, and sure enough, I went to the library and came out of the library with the exact records because this date, 15 years ago, Pau Gasol, you could even say by his surname, Pau Gasol Saez was traded from the Memphis Grizzlies to the Los Angeles Lakers for a slew of draft choices, which included his brother as well, who had already been drafted by the Lakers, but had yet to play in the NBA. But we all know what happened then in regards to his career in Memphis. And then, of course, eventually was traded back to the Los Angeles Lakers or actually signed as a free agent after his winning championship in Toronto. But the Lakers traded Pau Gasol at a second-round draft pick in exchange for Kwame Brown, Javaris Crinton, who is often, I understand, with his legal troubles, a great joke amongst Lakers fans. But yes, it was Javaris Crinton a part of that trade. Also as well, Aaron McKee, the draft rights to Marcus Saul and first round picks in 2008 and 2010. So this was a big trade pulled off by Mitch Kupchak. The first real trade that he did out of the shadows of Jerry West. And what happened? It was a home run. He probably couldn't get a better trade in Lakers history. Maybe the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar trade, you could probably say maybe worked out a little bit better, but 
my God, is close because the Pau Gasol trade truly transformed the Lakers from a team that needed that one extra little thing, that one extra little thing into a three-time finalist with him going forward, with the Lakers winning two of those times to the NBA Finals and becoming a back-to-back world champion on the backs of him, Kobe, Derek Fisher, and all the rest right there for you. But here today to talk about what's going on with this Pau Gasol trade. As we remember, Pau Gasol, 15 years as he came after he came to the Lakers, and also acknowledge that on March the 7th that he is going to have his jersey retired and hung up to the rafters. Hopefully, as Joe has asked and surmised in between Kobe's 8 and 24. Good man indeed. you got to go ahead and hear his lecture every single time out right here for you at Lakers Fast Break, LakersBall.com, and Simblades.com. It is Professor Joe Sorrell. And Professor, I see you've done your research, which I know is always in question. But I think you did a good amount of research. And knowing today this is the 15th anniversary of the Powell Gasol trade, you know exactly how important he is to the last back-to-back championships we've had as a Lakers club. We've detailed it a little in some of the shows in the past. I'll reiterate a few things uh, in terms of what happened that day, and then I'll get into a little bit more detail about the draft picks and kind of what happened after the trade. Uh, I'd say probably five, six, seven years, that whole window. I was in my truck traveling to L.A., from San Diego, and at the time I was living in San Diego, and I got a text message on my Razor. If you guys remember what the Razor phone was, this was before the smartphone. So I'm just hitting a little bit of traffic on the five, and I get a text from my friend Chris that, wow, Lakers stole something right i knew right away i knew right away it was for someone big and the deal likely was going to be in our favor the first thoughts in my head were for sure kwame was going to be in the deal and then it was probably going to include either andrew bynum or lamar odom and my instinct said it was jason kidd all of a sudden, and at the time, guys, you can't, you, I couldn't get on the phone and go look at ESPN.com. Like it, it took a minute to do that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we, we didn't have high speed internet back then, folks. Yeah. So I, I went on, I went, I was texting him, and then finally he called me right when I was, was losing my patience on like, who the freak was it? So he calls me and he goes, Dude, you guys got Pau Gasol. And I, like, I went, what? I go, okay, who, uh, did they send Lamar over there? He goes, no. I go, what about Bynum? He goes, no. At this point, I'm like, who the hell did they send over there? (laughs) They sent, obviously, Kwame Brown, Javaris Crittenton, Aaron McKee. Now, let me get to the Aaron McKee part. Aaron McKee was sitting at home. He was finished. They called Aaron McKee up. I believe it was 1.1 million, if I remember correctly. I have to check. They called him up and they said, hey, we need to trade you. And he's like, what? I'm not even playing. He goes, well, you're still kind of can be involved here. We're going to pay you a million dollars or whatever it was exactly it was. And then we're going to trade you Memphis. Gee, I wonder what Aaron McKee thought about that. Uh, like- there's actually been, especially in that, that uh, 2000 to 2010, 2012 decade, little decade plus, where there were players that, like Keith Bogans, was always added on as far as uh, you know a trade. And, and you've seen this before where players that are actually just left the team or were waived recently, were actually added back on to the deal just for a salary filler, and they would actually 
literally still, like you said, Aaron McKee, just stay at home. You're getting a million dollars or $2 million or whatever is needed to be done to, to, you know, fill out the trade. That was the first of that kind. I had never heard anything before that. So that was pretty interesting. Draft rights to Mark Gasol, which uh, at the time was like, man, that would have been kind of cool to have Mark and Powell, but I didn't care. Yes. I wanted I, we had Powell. And then there was an 08 and, and 2010 first round pick to Memphis. Memphis gives us Powell Gasol and a second round pick that uh, eventually ended up being uh, Devin Ebanks. So at this point, I'm in absolute euphoria. I call one of my best friends who's a huge Laker fan. He could not believe on the phone. He could not stop telling me to shut the F up as in like, you got to be joking, kind of shut the F up. He just couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't compute the fact that we just got Pau Gasol. Pau Gasol is the antithesis of Kwame Brown. Kwame Brown couldn't catch the ball. Pau is very good at catching the ball, especially down in the lane. Pau never missed from inside three feet. Kwame could miss a dunk. He was half a genius. Kwame, unfortunately, wasn't even one-tenth of a genius. Everything that they didn't have in Kwame Brown, Pau Gasol did, and it did it at an at an all-time level. And the fact that you're playing the triangle, which other than Shaquille O'Neal, that system was tailored for a player like Pau Gasol. So we were not surprised the moment Pau Gasol put on a Laker uniform and went onto the court he was going to make an impact, and he did. I believe he had 26 points and 13 rebounds in New Jersey. Kobe, that was the game. Kobe broke his finger that never healed. Remember that little bandage he put on his finger the last five, seven years of his career? That was the game that he broke his finger. He only scored six points that night, and he had never – I had never seen – Kobe Bryant smile as much as I saw him smile in the post-game interview than that game. So Pau Gasol made his mark. And the moment that game finished, I called my boy up. I said, hey, Pau's coming to Staples for the Atlanta game. We are going. We are going. We got to come go see Pau come to Staples is his, 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 his entrance. I still get goosebumps. Still get goosebumps thinking about it. I remember my the visual of him coming out of the tunnel, and I mean the crowd was just elated. I I would say without hesitation, after Kobe and Magic, he is the he is one of the, probably the most popular Laker, at least in my Laker lifetime. I know it sounds weird. I know we have Nikki V and we had Shaq. And uh, the thing is, it's, 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 it was, it was the, the timing of this thing. It was how desperate they were at this moment that Pau Gasol reinvigorated a franchise and solidified one of the all-time legacies of the NBA. I would have totally tried to play the video that they did. Uh, it's got the uh, Jay-Z theme under it. It's a really good one. If you go on YouTube, put Ga- Pau Gasol, welcome, welcome, LA welcomes, and then this should pop up. And then you'll hear the uh, the Jay-Z song. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say the name and copyright things. You can say uh, all the names okay. you want. So, this to copyright. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, um, like we're making any money here for us to worry about that crap. Um, the just that video, it's 30 seconds. It's basically LA welcoming Pau Gasol. Uh, and man, it was a three year run. Whew. My God. We just, we just make a couple more baskets in 08 in the finals. We're, we're looking at another three peat, but boy, that was some fun basketball. Valgasol was will 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 always be 
one of my favorite people, basketball players, everything. He, he's just, it was, it, it's amazing what, what a sporting situation might can do to your psyche. I mean, he, he just had us happy for, for, for a very long time. And, uh, Mitch, you'll always be a legend because of that one trade. <laughs> so whatever happened with Mozgov and Dang, you solidified so many things with that trade. You you pissed off Greg Popovich. You pissed off Mark Cuban. You pissed off Dan Gilbert. That enough should be Hall of Fame worthy. <laughs> but even legends have bad days. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a homer. I'm gonna put my homer glasses on. I think there was something else behind the Mozgov Dang uh, acquisitions uh, because I know I've said this before. We never got a chance to see what what could have happened with Chris Paul and Mitch did that trade as well. So it's, it's a, it's a sad situation in that end, but we did get a chance to see the perfect player that could have, that played with, with, with Kobe. I mean, I, I say perfect as in, I know Shaq was a better, you know, side, you know, one, a one, one, I always say one and one to Kobe, but I always think if, if Pau Gasol had been a Laker in Oh one with Kobe, we would have seen probably five or six championships with those two guys as well because they were they were peanut butter and jelly when when they were on this is rafael from nbadraftjunkies.com and you are listening to the lakers fast break check out what's been going on with the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible, it's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cold. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. It is Lakers Fast Break University. I am here with Professor Joe Sorrell and also as well here today. Good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out whenever he's here. He is the magic man, the madman from Toronto. He just can't get out of Toronto traffic unless he's conducting a course, which he is today. Please go ahead and listen to his lecture as he talks about the greatness of Pau Gasol with the Lakers. It is, of course, magic man, Professor Sean Grice. And Professor, great to have you here. I know it's late for you. I know it's a evening class and a night class for everyone. So we're taking night classes. We're conducting night classes here at Lakers Fast Break University. In regards to the 15th anniversary of Pau Gasol, please go ahead and describe your thoughts on Pau Gasol when he came over. And we'll touch on a little bit later the impact he had with the Lakers and what it led to It's in regards to the early three years that you had greatness with him, Kobe leading us to a three time finals back to back to back. But tell us your thoughts on that magical day, 15 years ago, where you were when you first heard Pau Gasol was coming to the Lakers. Ah, uh, yes, Gerald. Well, it was kind of significant in, in a way because it, um, it was an advent to, uh, what turned out to be a, a pretty good Super Bowl that year. And that's what, what I remember as well. It was around the Super Bowl and I was driving home from work and normally the Raptors play Sunday nights around 6 p.m. Uh, usually that's when uh, the city's winding down and uh, people can come and go downtown with, with ease. The Lakers were actually playing the Raptors, so I was I was pretty pumped about that. But then I was listening to the radio, and I've said this before, Smoke on the Water was playing by, by Deep Purple, and I just happened to turn it to uh, a sports, a local sports station called Fane 590 here in Toronto. And they said, breaking news, the Lakers have acquired Pau Gasol. And I'm on the Gardner Expressway, and it's equivalent to the 405 in uh, Los Angeles. Because so, you just can't get out of Toronto traffic. No, you can't. So I'm like, 
I'm like freaking out. I'm like so excited. So I need to pull over the shoulder because if if I'm not paying attention, I'll definitely get into Toronto traffic accident. And we don't like dealing with Toronto insurance companies and Toronto traffic police. So we try and police ourselves in the city when it comes to traffic. I digress. I pulled over the shoulder. I get out. I'm like losing it on the side of the road. I'm losing. I'm so excited because like Joe said, this was just like a rejuvenation to your basketball soul. Because that year, the Western Conference is so competitive. The 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 two teams that were really competing for the, the top spot were the Lakers and the Hornets. And they had a young point guard named Chris Paul. And him and David West were um, were eating pretty good that year. And uh, obviously Mitch Kupchak saw what was going on. And um, obviously his coaching staff told him what was going on. And they needed to do something. And I was under the impression that Paul, Paul Gasol was going to Chicago. All, all the talk uh, surrounding him leaving Memphis was going to Chicago. Chicago was a perfect spot for him. They needed a power forward. They had uh, a young point guard themselves. Um, and they were looking to uh, try and build something. So I thought Pau Gasol was on his way to Chicago. And then all of a sudden, Mitch swoops in, and I don't know what he said. I don't know what happened. But it changed our lives forever because you get three finals appearances. By the way, when they acquired him, they won 10 in a row. They won 10 in a row. After the Atlanta game, they won 10 in a row. And I uh, made a comment yesterday to uh, one of our uh, great um, commenters and uh, bloggers, uh, Adam Hurley, that um, he was saying that uh, Darvin Ham isn't a good coach. You could tell it in close games. And I said, I agree, but I disagree because really good teams when they play against each other it's usually a split and the point differential normally it evens out what's a tell is how you compete against below average teams bad teams and other the others so during that 10 game win streak the lakers only had uh wins of less than 10 points Three times, so they were blo- they were smoking teams. They were blowing teams out of the water. Fifteen point win, thirteen point win, nineteen point win. It, it seemed like Pow just like Joe said, and I was thinking the same thing before he said it. Peanut butter and jelly. That's the way he fit into that team. So, what's concerning about what's going on? That year is we're watching the game and he steps on Vlad Rad's foot. Space Cadet, as Phil Jackson dubbed him. And now, after a really scorching start to the Lakers, he's hurt. And we tread water a little bit. I think I think he was out three weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Might have been two and a half, but I thought it was three. And he comes back, and it's a bit of a sputter, but he plays 27 games, and we win 22. We're 22-5 and with him in the starting lineup as a power forward. And it just seemed like, I don't know about you guys, but it just seemed like they were on cruise control until the finals. And maybe in retrospect, maybe they needed a bit more of a challenge say, like in 2009 and, and 10, because um, it just seemed like they needed to get into another gear and just didn't happen. And he took he took a lot of crap 
took a lot of crap that year. He's soft. If you bump him around, he's 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 gonna uh, wilt. He's a wallflower. All kinds of BS. And um, he came back with a vengeance, man. I mean, there was a point where during that run, we won 83% of our games with him in the lineup. Michael Jordan didn't even win 83% of his games with Scottie Pippen. Well, Elgin and Jerry never won 83% of the games together. There was a point in time where Kobe and Powell were, it was like yin and yang. Like Joe was saying, like peanut butter, jelly, yin and yang. It's just, there was a, a flow there. And it was just instant. It was just instant. And if you read uh, the Mamba mentality, he said, he said when Powell got to the hotel, Kobe like was knocking on his door before he even had his bags on the floor. So this was instant chemistry, you know, and it's really interesting, Aaron McKee, right? Because Aaron McKee was on the Sixers when we were, when we were in our three-peat, and there he is being kind of like the missing link to the 09-10 championships. It's just, wow, man, like history is so awesome in the NBA. And, and it... I often think about like the Lakers rich history, Gerald, and it reminds me of that scene from Gladiator where Maximus is walking through the uh, the tent and he's being just covered in blood and they say the gods favor you. That's what it seems like with us, like for whatever reason it's fortuitous luck, call it um shrewdness. There just seems to be an element that the Lakers have within the, the thread of the NBA history where things just end up working out some way, somehow. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. Welcome to Lakers Fast Break University. Class is in session as we talk about the 15th anniversary of the Pau Gasol trade, a trade which transformed the Lakers from a good team to a championship-winning team in a very short amount of time and joe feeding on what professor magic man said in regards to his thoughts on the what the pal trade did 10 wins in a row right off the get-go and it looked like even then we were going to go ahead all the way for a championship that that was the key right there and then we didn't know that it was going to take a year but seeing how pal and kobe they had a kind of a relationship before, but seeing how they really meshed together and seeing what they were together as teammates once he came over, it was really something special. You guys are close. Uh, he actually played, he was uh, acquired on February 1st. The Lakers played Toronto, won in Toronto. Then they played Washington in Washington two days later. They won that. Then he played his first game February 5th against New Jersey. They won that, and then they went to Atlanta um, the next day, and they lost. Then they went on a 10-game winning streak. Yeah, I'd mentioned the Atlanta loss, Joe. <clears throat> yeah, the Atlanta, and I at the time uh, – And that was only by four points. It's not like – Yeah, that, at that time – It's uh, not like they skidded out or anything. Yeah, Atlanta always seemed to be – a loss no matter who it was. I don't know what it was about Atlanta, but they always seem to lose that game in Atlanta. Uh, Them and Charlotte, for whatever yeah. reason. They Charlotte got Bobcats crazy. had their number. Matt, uh, Charlotte is the only team, the only team in 09 that had a winning record against the Lakers. Won both games. Okay, the only team. So Orlando won both games in the regular season, but the Lakers beat them 4-1 in the finals. So that's where that kind of uh, worked itself Huge, out. But I thought yeah. that was a hilarious stat. Now, I, I, I'm i going to disagree with you, Magic, on the competition in 08. The Lakers' offense that year was one of the best offenses I've ever seen them run, ever. They had a juggernaut. They beat Denver in a sweep. Denver 
won 50 games as an eight seed. Every team in the West did, won didn't 50 Bernie games or more. Win defensive player of the year that year. Like they weren't, they weren't a scrub team. They were no. a good team. No one was a scrub team that in, in that no, run. Matter of fact, good. matter of fact, we played the best Utah team of that era. We won the first two games. They won the next two games. They won the game four in OT. And then, of course, the Lakers won the last two. Then they played San Antonio, which was a really good team. We only beat them by one game to get the one seat. And what? Kobe went into God mode in that series. It was We were down tw- uh, 20 in a couple of those games, and we came back and won. The Lakers, and th- that, during that run, the Celtics got taken to seven games by Atlanta by Cleveland, a one-man show, and by Cleveland, and then they beat the Pistons in six. If the Lakers don't blow game four, I still will stand to this day in my grave that the Lakers would have won that series. They had a – just they they something happened in that third and fourth quarter, and they blew a 24-point lead, and they were never able to recover after that. And yeah. – you know what it was, Joe? It was Paul Pierce. That's what it was. And, um, you know, looking back, not the most sculpted basketball body that uh, the gods have ever produced, but the way he used his body physically was a problem on the perimeter for us. And we really needed a presence. And that's that's kind of where uh, we're on our test fit in and we didn't have it we didn't have healthy Ariza and Bynum was out wasn't healthy it 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 was a real bummer because I that that series that series could have changed history in so many ways for Kobe and the Lakers we're standing a, a, a championship ahead actually it would be two championships ahead if we win that series, Kobe has six t- titles. Kobe three-peats for the second time. Kobe wins three straight finals MVPs. There's so many things that would have come, That so many things that could have been different just by winning that series. And that is sports, man. That little, those little losses can change so much of the dynamic of a career. And they blamed a lot of it on Gasol not being... Well, they called them the meal ticket after that. They they because KG was the big ticket. They referred to Powell as as his meal ticket in that final, and uh, that's somewhat unfair. Uh, Powell wasn't the only guy on the court there, especially in the low post. Especially the fact that Rodmanovich didn't do jack squat in that series, and we didn't have enough of the of the little things with that that team. Kobe carried him as far as he could, and. You know, yes. you know, the NBA yes. is a the NBA is a business. You know, sometimes you get into relationships with somebody who you know they're 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 in Utah. There's fresh powder. They smoke a little weed. Decide they'll go on a snowboard, and then and then you decide to uh, be a jackass. And being a jackass is one thing, Joe, because we found out about myself a few days ago. But admitting you're a jackass, having some integrity, having some respect for what's going on, he didn't. He lied about it. And, um, man, that was just – that was just a – you're right. I mean, we dealt with injuries, but, you know, there's no excuses. Every team deals with them. For God's sakes, we made a name out of Leon Poe that uh, that finals. I had never heard of Leon Poe before, and um, fourteen free throw attempts that, that caused in game two. That, that caused me to drink two bottles of red wine that night. That was a bad loss. That was, I would say, I mean, I, I I'm still hurting from the Green Bay Steelers Super Bowl loss, but boy. If there was a loss I wanted back, it was that that game, uh, game four. Because if we tie, if the Lakers tie that series up, they win game five. Celtics are peeing in their pants in game six with a Kobe Bryant coming at, coming in their building. I just don't see Kobe losing two in a row in Boston. It's a it's a bummer, man, because it changed so much. It changed so much of history. 
and Kobe would have been two and zero against the Celtics. He would have they would have passed the Celt they would have passed the Celtics with Kobe being the the catalyst. Kobe wins three straight Finals MVPs. Kobe has six titles. Pau Gasol has three titles. Uh, you know, it 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 it, it it's it would have finished everything off. It would have been the ultimate culmination for Dr. Buss in buying the team in 1979, and then in in what uh, 30, 30 years, thirty years. He 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 takes over Red Red Auerbach's seat, and he gets it three times. That though they got him three times, would have had him four times. Now, uh, a little 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 tidbit here too is I was I, I remember in '02 when when uh, Celtics came back from one of the I think it was I think it might still be the the no actually the Lakers one uh, overtook it, but at the time in '02 New, uh, New Jersey blew it a pretty big lead against the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. And Celtics went up 2-1. And I remember thinking, man, if we could just get past Sacramento, we have a very good chance of meeting the Celtics. And the Celtics are going to get smoked. <laughs> Antoine Walker and Paul Pierce wouldn't have had a shot. Good shot. And, and anyway. freaking New Jersey ruined it. And I remember after we won game seven, I was like, God, why could we have had the Celtics? At least the, the finals would have been somewhat interesting. I go, this is going to be a sweep. Anyways, so the details of the Paul Gasol trade, uh, just something for, just to kind of give you guys an idea of how kind of one-sided that trade was in a lot of ways. I know Marc Gasol had a great career. They got something out of it. But the the two other First-round picks Memphis got uh, was, uh, I believe, the one in 08 was for Dante Green out of Syracuse. Uh, if you're saying who, uh, yeah. I think the, everyone else is too. Uh, the 2010 – he's, he's in jail now. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, it's the, it's the, that transaction netted two uh, convicted felons, apparently. The pick in 2010 – the 20- Actually, you could also say three if you want to include Mitch Kupchak. Yes. Why? Because of the robbery on Memphis. Why do you got to do so? Mm, oh, God. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> uh, the 2010 pick was uh, Grievous Vasquez out of Maryland. Grievous. Is it Grievous or Grievous? It is Grievous. It's Grievous. Why, why is there an I in his name then? Because it's uh, Espanol. Oh, okay. Grievous. General Grievous. General Grievous. So, Aaron McKee, Javaris Crittenton, Dante Green, and General Grievous, aka General or ABK Grievous Vasquez, and then Mark Gasol for Pau Gasol and what would be a draft pick in the second round for Devin Ebanks. Devin Ebanks' legacy in LA is wanting to go to a club instead of playing for the Lakers. And uh, that quickly, uh, not too long after that, ended up costing him his career as a Laker. He's still playing, by the way. He's he's playing in, I think he's playing in Israel or China. Um, actually, he might be playing in Saudi Arabia. So I'm sorry. I think he's in Saudi Arabia now. So that trade was history. It was redefining. It was reinvigorating. It was a three-year run of some of the best basketball we've ever watched as Laker fans. It netted us two titles. It allows us to watch the Lakers finish off the Celtics in their revenge series in 2010. And it just was a very satisfying run. It could have been perfect, but it still was a damn good run. And I, I am looking very, I'm looking much, I'm looking really forward to seeing Powell in Staples for the last time as a participant here uh, with his jersey going up the rafters uh, on May seventh, on March seventh. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Hey, Lakers fans! Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. 
with a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. Welcome to Lakers Fast Break University, Lakers History 101. We're discussing the 15th anniversary of the Pau Gasol trade. Professor Sean, I wanted to ask you this uh, with about 20 minutes left in the class. Please inform the students in regards to the impact of it overall with Pau and Kobe. How devastating was that as far as an inside-outside combination that the NBA certainly had trouble with keeping up? Yeah, you know, Gerald, there there have been some some really um, special pick-and-roll combinations in NBA history. Stockton and Malone were a, a fine-oiled machine. LeBron and player Y, insert um can do damage any number of point guards today in the nba that run it but nothing i've ever seen in nba history is as beautiful as a pau gasol kobe bryant pick and roll and i felt that through those two, two when karan butler was traded that hurt kobe it hurt him because he said that was my best friend and they traded my best friend without even telling me. I felt that, you know, well, having the mama mentality, he's bored. He's bored because he really doesn't have anybody to play with. And he's trying desperately, like Joe said, that was a perfect word, desperately to work out any number of combinations with any number of players where, you know, they can gain some kind of traction. And when Pau came in, it was like hitting the ground running because they just kept it simple for those first couple games. Just high pick and roll. Pau 18th footer, good. Pau 16th footer, good. Kobe was able to become a screener as well. So not only was he able to initiate the pick and roll, he became a screener. And his idea was that as a screener, I'm the most dangerous player on the court because while the defense is primary focus is on the ball handler and then the roller, as a screener, I'm able to incorporate any number of variables where we get the best shot possible. So Pau opened up his basketball brain. It was like, it was like watching um, Free Willy go over back into the ocean. That's what it felt like when uh, Pau and Kobe were on the court because it was just poetry in motion. If Kobe and Pau weren't weren't uh, initiating a pick and roll, then Derek Fisher or Trevor Reese were on either side of the wings, ready for an open three, and. We all know Fisher's story, Gerald. His jump shot was okay when he came into the NBA, but he really worked on it, and uh, he became uh, a significant contributor to Pau. You know, outside of that, Gerald, out even outside of the um, championships, when we had that injury history, we needed Pau. We leaned on him to be the facilitator. When Nash is out, Kobe's out, Powell's really the only pure facilitator on the court at that point when we, we needed him more than ever. So he was a very unselfish player. You know, he if he I'm I'm guessing if he wanted to, he could have averaged a handful more points, handful more rebounds, but he was good being eighteen, nine, four, two and a half. I shoot 50% from the field. I make sure my guys get their shots in their spots over me getting my shots in my spots because I'm skilled enough with either hand on either side of the court because he was ambidextrous. He could finish left going right. He could finish 
left. Uh, he could finish right going left. It was a deadly combination. It almost was like you had to have eyes in the back of your head when he was on the court. And the added dimension of him playing alongside Lamar Odom kept people up at night. Like when I remember that game when the Lakers went to Quicken Loans Arena against the Cavs in, uh, it was um, 2009. And um, Mike Brown said he didn't sleep the night before because he was up all night trying to figure out what to do when Kobe, Pau Gasol, and Lamar Odom are on the floor. Now, turns out that Cleveland jumped out to, to a pretty big lead. Eventually, Lakers won. That was more to do with Lamar Odom than Pau Gasol, but the fact is, Gerald, Pau Gasol and Kobe Bryant attracted a lot of attention, and we need guys to eat outside of that, and, you know, we had them. We had them. Last thing I want to go ahead and cover before we head on out on today's class. Joe, I wanted to go ahead and hit you up with this question. We can discuss it in real detail as we have a little under 15 minutes left. Thanks so much again for watching and listening here at the Lakers Fast Break University. Lakers History 101. It's the Pau Gasol trade as we remember him 15 years later being traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. Him and Kobe were much a part of Lakers history with three finals, three straight finals appearances, two culminating in a world championship in a back-to-back. And as I hear the things going on as far as in your class with the home ec class right next to us being taken care of on that. Your thoughts on Kobe and Powell as a unit, as a duo. Are they one of the greatest duos of all time in Lakers history? Because I know there's so many duels, of course, Magic and Kareem. You could talk about Shaq and Kobe. You could talk about Jerry West and Elgin Baylor. You can talk about Wilt and Jerry. You can talk about all these different duos that have been a part of this, the great Lakers history. Where does Powell and Kobe stand as a duo in your eyes? They're going to stand third, although they're the best duo in terms of their chemistry. I agree. They never got the chance to run a decade together. Had they done that, they probably would have won four or five championships. Paul Gasol was essentially Tim Duncan without the defense. That's that's how I used to explain to people who, who Paul Gasol was. He was ex- very funda- extremely fundamental, smart, team player, could take a ribbing without being hurt, uh, you know, hurt in terms of his feelings. I believe if Kobe had had Pau Gasol, uh, let's say hypothetically that there was a trade to Memphis uh, in the Shaq trade and they got Pau Gasol. They were so, here, he was here about six and a half seasons. Yeah. Uh, the It was more, I don't know if it was more Pau Gasol, but Kobe kind of being run down after 2011. That loss in that, that loss to Dallas in the 2011 playoffs, not a lot of people know this. Kobe's knee was bone to bone. Uh, it was pretty bad. His knee was pretty bad. He, he wasn't the Kobe that we were. He had, he had run out. He had run out of, he had extended himself at that point. Now, he did go to Germany and do the platelet surgery and start kind of getting back a little bit of what he had, but he needed some reinforcements. He needed someone that could take on a lot of the perimeter and guard play, if you will. They did that. We saw what happened there. They got rid of Pau Gasol, Lamar Odom a year early, which is what you're supposed to do. And they could have gone another route that way. But the the window was 07, 08 to essentially 2010, 2011. So you're talking about eight, nine, 10. You're only really talking four seasons where you had them at their, probably at their best ability together. So you can't really call them anything other than three because they did still win two championships, which. Well, you, you know something? 
that there's an old saying, you know, if um, if you can't take me at my worst, don't uh, accept me at my best. And he stuck through us thick and thin. And, um, you know, Mike D'Antoni benching him for Earl Clark still kind of rubs me raw, actually. I got to be honest. I think that could have been handled better. And Powell is, uh, he's a gentleman. I'm not sure if he's raised his voice to anybody in his life. And for Mike D'Antoni to uh, mistreat him that way was just, uh, to me, it was unprofessional. Because he still, well, after that, he still had good years in 2013, 2014, and 2015. Absolutely, yeah. He he had a, he had a kind of a resurgence there. His first year in Chicago, that yes. was uh, yeah, that was actually a pretty uh, pretty interesting team. They um, they had a lot of spirit, just didn't 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 work out for them. But yes, Joe, he still had he still was productive in the minutes he played in. Is, but that, I ask I asked this of of Professor Soros. So yeah, I've got to I go ahead and interject I, I, with, you, yeah, with you as I, well, Sean. I'm I'm picking Gasol and Kobe third behind Magic and Kareem and Shaq and Kobe. I okay. if none I none of the I, combinations of Baylor and West. Baylor or, and West. Uh, I can't necessarily really make Chamberlain that. Chamberlain or West. I can't make that assessment because I didn't really watch them play and. The 72 uh, Laker championship team had Gail Goodrich on it. And a lot of people said when Elgin Baylor retired, uh, I think it was a month in, that he was a huge part of that team doing what they did that year. So, Sean, then, your thoughts. uh, Where do you rank Kobe and Powell as a duo in the pantheon of Lakers duos? Yeah, Joe. I I uh, like Joe. I concur with uh, Professor Sir. I have him third. Oh, I have him third. Yep. Why so? Th- this uh, is this is a combo th- thing. This is a combo I, uh, thing. I, uh, hold, hold on, Joe. Hold on. I I just I I have the reverse because Magic's my guy. So uh, I'm gonna uh, go with Kobe and Power three, Kobe Shaq two, Magic and Kareem number one, and uh, Baylor and West number four, and I'd put um, I'd put Chamberlain and West number five. Pretty good lineups right there, absolutely impressive. But the legacy of Pau Gasol will live on. His uh, number, as we've talked about on the show repeatedly, is going to be raised into the rafters. I know our our chat room, the best Lakers chat room that's out here, right here at the Lakers Fast Break. They're already asking about a meetup, a Lakers fast break meetup on the 7th of March when Pau Gasol gets his name and his his jersey hoisted up to the rafters, like I said before, hopefully in between Kobe's 8 and 24. What will that mean to you and what will that mean to him, both of you guys, in regards to him having his jersey retired before we head on out? He's going to be very, uh, very emotional that night he's very stoic but um you know you're you're <laughs> even even joe is a man of flesh and blood and are you feels, sure we might I'm, have to I'm, take him over I'm, to the I'm, biology I'm, class to find out hey, hey, get hey, the hey, dissecting hey, tools hey, 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 hey hold on a sec hold on a second this right here is an insulin pump i require to live technically gerald that makes me a cyborg Rosoro is a man of flesh and blood, and like Pow, he has feelings, even though he says he doesn't. He does. Pow's going to be very emotional. I agree with Joe. I think it's only like kismet, kismet, that uh, Pow have his number beside Kobe. I think it's righteous, Gerald. I, th- I think it's 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 righteous kismet that uh, they should be aligned forever. And I think with any relationship, Gerald, as you know, you take the good, the bad, and the ugly all together, and it creates an authentic reality. And the authentic reality is that we acquired Pau Gasol, and both lives changed forever, Pau's and ours as fans. As a Laker fan, I've enjoyed 
six championships. He was a part of two of them. He went to three finals as a Laker. It cements him, to me, it cements him, cements him as the the best power forward to play as a Laker. Gary is looking for tickets right now for the 7th of March for that uh, retirement ceremony. Professor Joe, before we head on out, my friend, because we have less than five minutes left, share us your final thoughts on the Pau Gasol trade and Pau Gasol's legacy with the Lakers. Pau Gasol, based off his international play and his career in the NBA, will be a Hall of Famer. The Lakers are ahead of this, which I think was a very good idea. Putting the 16 between 8 and 24 is not only aesthetically pleasing, it is exactly what happened. Pau is the middle of the 8 and the 24 of the Kobe careers. And what Pau Gasol has done post-Kobe 2020 he he's he's become even a, a a bigger inspiration taking on more than just the big brother but in a lot of ways a replacement in terms of being there for Vanessa Bianca Natalia Capri and I think that just continues to add to the admiration it's it's very rare that kind of go gaga for strangers that I don't know but I, I will admit that Pau Gasol is one of those people in, in, from, from my standpoint. Very few. There's very few of those people, if, if, if more than two or three. And he embodies everything that a good person has, and it's not even involving basketball. So he goes up in the rafters as a basketball great, as a Laker great, and it's also enhanced that he is a humanitarian in every way, in every angle, on top of everything. And that's just it just just makes you happy. It makes you happy to to see good people like that around and makes you feel positive about humanity. And I know he just had his uh, I think his first child in November. And I wish him well. I will be there to celebrate him as I did the first time he stepped into Staples at the time. I find it hilarious that, Sean, you mentioned the movie Gladiator. That night, I yelled Spaniard a few times, and it felt really, really good. And I yelled it many times at home watching the game. So very fitting. Congratulations, pal. Your trade was one of the if not the most uh, electric, shocking moments of my Laker life. I, I, I watched finals wins. I watched uh, amazing playoff wins, amazing regular season wins. But I have to admit, I I felt something I don't think I felt the day I found out you were coming to L.A. I don't, I don't know why that just resonates with me, but it does. And I'm so happy you did come to L.A. And God bless you and your family. And Congrats on your jersey going up with all the Laker greats. Thanks so much, class, for joining us today for Lakers History 101. If you have questions for us, always Lakers Fast Break on any social media outlet, including, of course, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Trovo, here on YouTube. And, of course, also as well, you can go ahead and share us your thoughts, comments, and also suggestions on what we need to cover as far as a new lecture here at Lakers Fast Break university by going ahead and contacting us at lakersfastbreak at yahoo.com want to thank so much for everybody for watching and listening to this latest class of lakers history 101 covering the pal gasol trade 15 years later want to also thank everybody again for being part of what we do here want to go ahead and mention that we will be back tomorrow playback.tv slash lakers fast break we've got nick molina Sean is going to be part of our coverage. Joe's going to be part of our coverage there. Looking forward to seeing and hearing everybody out there on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break for a 4 o'clock game Pacific time against the Indiana Pacers. Also, please note the next game after that on Saturday against the New Orleans Pelicans, that has been moved up to a 3 o'clock Pacific time starting game. Please note that that was changed today, so just want to let you know. But yes, tomorrow, 4 p.m. against the Indiana Pacers. Looking forward to it. 
And then, of course, the best Lakers post game is right here. And the best Lakers chat room is right here at the Lakers Fast Break. So for Professor Joe Soro and Professor Magic Man Sean Grice, this is Dean Gerald Glassford of the outstanding Lakers Fast Break University. We want to thank you for attending today's class. You all get an A for hearing our thoughts on Pau Gasol and what his impact was with the Lakers. But for now, class is dismissed.